What's up, everyone, and welcome back to the Mission Impossible season here on Cinematic Reviews. I'm your host, Chris, and this is a show about all things movies and TV. Twice a week, and sometimes more, I give my thoughts on the newest releases, beloved franchises, and even upcoming projects like Star Wars and Marvel. Today, I'll be talking about my favorite of the franchise, Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which once again stars Tom Cruise alongside Simon Pegg, Jeremy Renner, Bing Rames, and Rebecca Ferguson. To get things started, let's talk about some facts. Rogue Nation was released on July 31st, 2015, and was directed by Christopher McQuarrie. He is best known for this, Mission Impossible Fallout, Jack Reacher, as well as writing Edge of Tomorrow and the current global phenomenon, Top Gun Maverick. Rogue Nation grossed $682 million worldwide off of a $150 million budget. Crews performed the sequence where Ethan climbs on the outside of the airplane without the use of visual effects or a stunt double. At times, he was suspended 5,000 feet up in the air. Also, in order to keep his eyes open for that stunt, eye specialists designed a lens to cover the entire eyeball. With no surprise, Cruz was injured six times during the filming of Rogue Nation. The stunt coordinator told Simon Pegg that Cruz would be doing all the driving stunts because he didn't have anyone better than him. This is the first Mission Impossible film in which every member of Ethan's team was in a previous film. Cruz was able to hold his breath underwater for six minutes while training for the underwater server stunt. Both Paula Patton and Maggie Q were set to reprise their roles but had to unfortunately drop out due to scheduling conflicts. Jessica Chastain was the first choice for Elsa, but declined due to the six-month training required for that role. Benedict Cumberpatch was originally the first choice to play Solomon Lane. Solomon Lane can be seen sitting in the background when Ethan walks into the record store at the beginning of the film. And then lastly, the Syndicate was the original antagonist in the original TV series. Now, let's get to my thoughts on Rogue Nation. I absolutely love this film. It's easily in my top 10 list of all time. The cast is just phenomenal in it. Tom Cruise returns as IMF agent Ethan Hunt. Simon Pegg is the lovable Benji. Bing Rames reprises his role as the hilarious Luther. Rebecca Ferguson joins the universe as the badass Elsa. And Sean Harris also joins the universe as the antagonist Solomon Lane. This is honestly the best lineup in the entire franchise so far, I think. Ethan Hunt is one of my favorite movie characters of all time. He cares about the entire world, and he's willing to do whatever it takes to save it, even if that means jumping onto a freaking plane without any safety net. Benji and Luther are one of the most lovable characters in cinema history. They're so much fun to watch on screen, especially when they interact with either each other or with Ethan. Rogue Nation introduces the audience to two brand new characters as well. Ilsa is a British agent who is deep undercover. She is such a total badass in this film, and I, I love it a lot. Her relationship with Ethan is really incredible from the moment they lock eyes during that intense interrogation scene. Nothing personal against Julia, but I think I like Ethan's relationship with Ilsa a little bit more. They have such an awesome bond that doesn't really need a label right now. You can tell right away that these two characters will slowly fall for each other and create something really special as the movie and the franchise 
progresses. Now, Solomon Lane, who is the antagonist of this installment, is a very menacing character. He is a former British agent who turned against the British government. He is the leader of a rogue group called the Syndicate, or as Ethan calls it, a rogue nation, as the title of the movie suggests. As much as I enjoy him as the antagonist, I still think Hoffman's Owen Damien from 3 is the best villain in the franchise. I absolutely love Hoffman's performance in that, and I think the character was just slightly better written overall. Now, that doesn't mean Lane is poorly written, but because he's not. But he is a terrific villain that was performed very well by Sean Harris. I just put Damien just slightly above him because of Hoffman's performance and the writing behind that performance. My mind always goes back to that opening sequence in 3, where Damien is counting down and Ethan is begging for him to stop. The bomb sequence in Rogue Nation with Benji is very intense, but I would put that countdown scene slightly above the Benji with the, the Semtex scene if I were to rank the greatest moments of the franchise, honestly. Just like the cast, I think the stunts in Rogue Nation are just incredible. Kicking off the film with Tom Cruise jumping onto a freaking plane was the right way to go. It tells the audience that things are going to get freaking nuts in this film. Cruise outdoes himself once again, and it only gets better from here. Fallout goes even more crazy with the stunts, and I'm very excited for next week's episode. Let me take a second to applaud Cruise for his physique in this film. That scene where he pulls his entire body up over that pole when he's handcuffed is just incredible. I believe he was in his early 50s during the filming, which always blows my freaking mind. I hope I look that good when I'm in my 50s. The motorcycle chase is also a really incredible scene because it was done practically. That's really Cruz driving the motorcycle during the entire sequence. I love that m most uh, of the sequences that Tom is doing in the movie is practically done. I enjoy really good CGI in the film, but if a filmmaker can avoid CGI altogether, it makes the final project even more special in my eyes. It's one of the many reasons why I love this franchise so much. Cruz and the rest of the entire cast and crew work really hard to give us, the fans, an authentic cinematic experience. Nothing is fake or poorly done, and I really respect that level of dedication. Cruz is so picky with every sequence, and I love him for that. I'm really excited to dive deeper into my favorite parts of the film, but before I do that, let's take a break with a fun trivia game, and then we'll jump right into the segments. I'll be using the Popcorn Trivia app once again, so search for Rogue Nation in the app and test your memory of the film with me. I'm seeing these questions for the first time as you are, so I'm really curious to see how I do with one of my favorite movies of all time. So we're going to do Act 1, which is 10 questions. Question 1. What agency does Ethan Hunt work for? The CIA, the IMF, the NSA, or the SIA? Well, as many of you would remember, it is the IMF's or Impossible Mission Force. What genre of music did Ethan ask for in the IMF safe house in London? Jazz, rock and roll, classical, or country? 
I'm really bad at the whole music part of these questions. So we're going to go with jazz. I hope that's right. And it was. It is jazz. Question three. Which of these four scenes is the A400 played? Is it when Elsa is shooting in the opera, the opening credit with the Paramount logo, Ethan walking up the stairs at the opera house, or when Ethan blows through that staircase on during the uh, chase scene with uh, Benji in the car? I'm going to totally guess on this one. And it is, we're going to go with Elsa shooting at the opera. Nope, and that's wrong. Is it was during the opening scene with the Paramount logo. Dang. Well, that's one wrong for me so far. Question four. What was the first thing Ethan compli- complimented Ilsa on when they met? Her legs, her hair, her wing, her ring, or her shoes? I believe he said nice shoes. And that is correct. He does comment on her really nice black shoes. Who said human nature, my weapon of choice? Was it Ilsa, Ethan? Uh, Alec Baldwin's character or Solomon Lane? Ooh, this is a tough one. I'm going to go with Solomon Lane. That sounds like something he would have said. And that is right. It was during the intense explosion or the Semtech scene that would eventually explode Benji. Number six. Who is Luther Stickle? Is it Jeremy Renner, Simon Pegg? Or Ving Rhames. Well, I believe that was Ving Rhames. He's one of my favorite characters of the franchise. That was right. Number seven. The key to Ethan's restraints had what trinket on him? A rabbit's foot, a four-leaf clover pendant, a pair of dice, or a little monkey? I believe it was a rabbit's foot. Kind of like a a callback to Mission Impossible 3. And that was right. Number eight, what is Elsa's last name? Lun, Faust, Hunt, or Dunn? Well, as much as I hope they get married, it's not Hunt quite yet. So I'm going to go with Ilsa Faust, and that is correct. Question nine, how long was it estimated that Ethan needed to hold his breath underwater? A minute and 45 seconds, two minutes and 15 seconds, four minutes, or three minutes. I believe it was either four or three minutes, but I'm going to go with three minutes. And that is correct. And if you remember from the fact section, he was able to double that during training of the stunt, which is absolutely crazy. And the last question, who disregards protocol by helping Benji access the airplane satellite uplink in order to prevent the plane from taking off? Was it Ilsa, uh, Brant, Ethan, or Luther? Now, if you remember, this was at the opening of the movie, and I believe it was Luther before he joined the team for the rest of the film. And that is correct. It was a Luther who was using a Russian satellite to help him. So, fortunately, I got the one question wrong, so I got 90 out of 100. But feel free to post your score on any of the cinematic reviews social media pages i would love to see how you guys did and see what kind of conversations grow from that i love to interact with all you guys or the fans interacting with each other 
Now, let's get back to my thoughts on the film with the segments. So for this week's episode, I came up with four segments to talk about. Favorite quotes, standout scenes, cool gadgets, and, of course, negatives of the film I had. So first up is favorite quotes. I'm not in the plane. I'm on the plane. Cruz is totally insane in this film, and I love it. I love this whole plane sequence and him yelling at Penji that he's on the plane, not in the plane, which would be a logical assumption that he was inside the plane. Next, you want drama? Go to the opera. I always love Ethan and Benji's back and forth throughout the franchise, especially in this film, Rogue Nation. Next, I have Benji says, are you sure you're okay to drive? You were dead a minute ago. Ethan responds, what are you talking about? Cruz is so hilarious in the scene after coming back from death. His performance uh, reminded me a lot of DiCaprio in The Wolf of Wall Street during that whole cerebral palsy scene after they take the loot. It's so good. Then I have, it's a high-speed chase, and you just had to get the 4 by 4 Like Benji and Ethan, I absolutely love the back and forth between Luther and Brandt throughout this movie. Renner is so hilarious. I really hope he returns in Dead Reckoning. And then Ethan asks, in option three, Ilsa responds, come away with me now. And then in the background, we hear Luther react with his famous, oh boy, line. I really love the chemistry between Ethan and Ilsa. They truly do belong together. And for a brief moment, you can see Ethan consider it. Uh, but unfortunately, Ethan is so loyal to saving the world, which I absolutely love in his character a lot. Next, I have, we have to take the prime minister. I got serious Nick Cage vibes from National Treasure with this scene. Just when you think Ethan couldn't get more crazy he finds a way to do it and that is kidnapping the prime minister of the british government completely bonkers but they managed to get away with it next quote is gentlemen this is solomon lane mr lane meet the imf i get chicken skin every time i hear this line it's so good and so badass to say to the antagonist of the movie <laughs> Next is, I can neither confirm nor deny details of any operation without secretary approval. I just love this line that we get both in the beginning of the film and at the end of the film. What really makes this special, though, is that Baldwin is against Renner when he first says it at the beginning of the film. And then at the end of the film, he is the new secretary of the IMF. It's so freaking good. And Alec Baldwin, shout out to him for being in this movie. He is so good. And then the last one would have to be my favorite out of all these. Baldwin's speech about Ethan to the Prime Minister is just so freaking good. Ethan is uniquely trained and highly motivated, a specialist without equal immune to any countermeasures. There is no secret he cannot extract, no security he cannot breach, no person he cannot become. He has most likely anticipated this very conversation and is waiting to strike in whatever direction we move. Sir, Hunt is the living manifestation of destiny, and he has made you his mission. Are you freaking kidding me? What a fucking badass way to describe someone. Man, I love this movie. That speech is so freaking good. And then the next segment is standout scenes. Uh, the first one I have is Ethan jumping onto the flying plane. This is just the crazy stunt that Cruz actually did. 
He is a complete madman, but I have so much respect for him. Next scene is Ethan getting his mission in the record store, but with a twist. Anyone that knows me knows how much I love a good twist, and Rogue Nation delivers that. This was such a great way to shake things up a bit for the franchise. Because the moment of Ethan getting the, the mission through whatever device the director decides to do in, in that current installment is so iconic. And then this is such a great way to kind of twist that where the syndicate is like, no, fuck you. We know what you're doing. We're going to impersonate the IMF when you're getting your mission. And we're going to give you your mission to kind of fuck with you. It's so good. Next, I have Ethan tied up shirtless. I mean, first off, I wanted to applaud Cruz for putting in the freaking work to look that good. Like, holy shit, I hope I look half that good when I hit his age. This scene, though, is one of my favorites. Because we get to see Elsa and Ethan work together for the first time. And it's just perfect. They're so good together. And I'm excited to watch rewatch Fallout with them. And then Dead Reckoning Part 1 and 2. Which I assume will strengthen the bond of them even more. Then the next scene is the whole, the whole opera mission is so well done. All the cool gadgets and the fighting were really thought out. And holy shit, Rebecca Ferguson just kills it in that yellow dress. She's also such a freaking badass with that gun. We're really lucky to have her in Hollywood right now, especially in the Mission Impossible franchise. Benji refusing to leave Ethan. Like I've said throughout this whole season, I really love the relationship between Benji and Ethan. This scene in particular proves that it's one of the best friendships in cinema history. If Benji dies in Dead Reckoning, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to lose my freaking shit. I hope that doesn't happen. The underwater server mission. This scene is just so much fun to watch. Cruz actually holding his breath for that long is really impressive. Knowing that they did this practically makes it even more awesome. I highly rec recommend you guys check out the behind-the-scenes footage of all these stunts. It's really cool to see how Cruz did it all practically. It's a brief moment, but I crack up every time Benji and Ethan run into Luther and Brandt during that chase scene after Ethan comes back to life. Their facial expressions, especially Renner's, when they see each other, is so freaking funny. Uh, and then the motor uh, motorcycle chase scene is just another incredible sequence. Cruz doing it all practically elevates this sequence so much. The way they're able to film that because he's doing it is so good. Shout out to all the cinematography in this. Not just this installment, but the franchise as a whole. Because Tom Cruise allows them to get these beautiful shots because they're not having to do a distance shot or do some weird CGI or stunt double shakeup with him. He's actually in the scene. So they're able to get these beautiful shots of him. It's so good. The next scene I have is uh, Ethan kidnapping the Prime Minister, which is such a great scene. Because this is where we get that incredible monologue I was talking about in the quote segment from Baldwin about Ethan. And then right after that, Atlee, who was in the room the whole time, turns out to be Ethan in a rubber mask. It's so good. And then Benji being strapped with the Semtex vest, is, which is such an intense scene. Simon Pegg gives an incredible performance during the entire scene. He, you could feel the fear in his eyes when he's having to tell Ethan all this stuff that Solomon Lane's putting in his ear, and he doesn't know if Ethan's going to pull it off. I mean, he's so scared that he could die. And then the last two I have are the awesome fight between Ilsa and the Bone Doctor, and then Ethan capturing Lane in the glass box at the end. 
like Lane, Lane, it was such a great callback to when Lane did it to him at the record store at the beginning of the film. It's there's such great moments. I wanted to, I wanted to cheer when Ethan said, "Mr. Lane, meet the IMF." It's such a fucking badass line to say to the guy. So good. The next segment is uh, cool gadgets. The cell phone looking device that Ethan and Benji used to unlock the doors during that opera mission. There's there's such a cool, awesome gadget that I wish I had could open any freaking door with a phone are you kidding me the opera book also in that mission is which was actually a computer was really neat like that's a cool way to hide a computer in a mission like that as well as the instrument gun and the nightstick gun that uh, solomon lane's guys have during that mission they they were so cool next is the oxygen suit that ethan wears during the underwater server mission was also really cool. I mean, I hope it becomes a real-life gadget because that could honestly save some lives if we had those. The hand scanner on the car window were really awesome. I believe some car companies now out there actually have not exactly this, but something similar to it. And that's it's a really cool thing if you think of it. Like if you lose your keys. Well, I just have my hand. You always have your hand with you. Let's do it. And then lastly are the rubber mask. It's a Mission Impossible trademark. So, of course, they're going to have it on the list. Uh, they were all used properly in Rogue Nation, I think, for the most part, which is great because Mission Impossible 2 totally gave it a bad name. If you remember, they just threw it in every other scene and it just kind of got old after a while. But this one, they used it so well. Like when Benji, when they were doing the kind of the brief or the planning of the mission, Benji got to wear the mask. But then they threw it with the twist by him getting caught because he's always wanted to wear a mask. So that was cool. And then we get the awesome Atlee, who be, was actually Ethan, when he takes out the rubber mask. It's so really good. They used it twice, and that's all they really need to do is only a couple times. You don't need it every other freaking scene. And then the last segment I have is, of course, the negatives, which I only have two of them, which is surprising to me because I absolutely love this movie. But... I tried to not be so biased, so I wanted to critique it, and so I came up with these two negatives. The first one is, during the underwater server sequence, Ethan has to swap out those, those cards in order to get Benji past those security protocols. For some reason, they thought it would be a good idea to have both cards the same color, which I believe was yellow. It would make a lot more sense to just make them different colors in case they get mixed up, which does happen in the film. I mean, it's a small detail, but it just always bugs me, like, Make one blue or red for, 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 uh, for, yeah, I mean, come on. It's not that hard to plan out. Like, it doesn't matter if they need to be exact replicas. By the time they discover that there's a red card instead of a yellow card, I mean, mission is going to be over. You, you've already won. And then secondly, the biggest negative I have is the continued plot line of Ethan, of course, being disavowed at the beginning of the movie and then magically forgiven at the end of the film because of all the shit that happened in between. It's very repetitive and pretty predictable as we go down each installment. I'm a little nervous, honestly, about directing because the trailer hints that this could be a major plotline again. I hope I'm wrong, but that could be a very problematic for many audiences, especially general moviegoers. Um, and then fans, of course, kind of like myself, kind of blow past it because we love the franchise so much. But me being the kind of the movie critic, I I noticed stuff like that, and it, it doesn't quite bug me as maybe some other general audiences would be like, oh, 
course, Ethan gets disavowed of. But we already know he's going to do all this stuff and he's just going to magically be okay again. You know, it's maybe shake it up a little bit with Dead Reckoning, you know. But that was it for the negatives. I mean, they're they're kind of minor when you think of it, but I still like to bring them up, kind of be devil's advocate here and there, especially during movies that I love. I like to see both sides of the spectrum. I don't like to just go hardcore into, oh, well, this is just a perfect move, movie because, I mean, in my mind, it is a perfect movie, but there's still a couple, it's it's not like 100% perfect. There's still a couple things that kind of jump out at me as quote unquote negative. So I just like to bring them up. But aside from those negatives, of course, I this is a solid movie overall, like I was saying. It, it's perfect. It's so much fun. The cast is phenomenal, and all the action sequences are just incredible. You don't necessarily need to watch the rest of the franchise to enjoy Rogue Nation, but I still highly encourage you to do so because it, it helps create a bond with these characters, like Luther, who we, who kind of jumps in and out in between these, but then he becomes a, a full-fledged uh, teammate in this one. And then as a, because at least that it's for me, you know, watching these from, especially doing this, this podcast, it's from Mission Impossible 1. And now we're at Rogue Nation, which is the fifth one. Like I have such an incredible bond with these characters and just these movies in general, because we're going on this journey of each installment, getting to know these characters, especially Ethan Hunt, who I absolutely freaking love as a movie character. He's so good. I've always been a fan of these movies ever since. I think Mission Impossible 3 came out, and that's when I kind of jumped into it. And then eventually I went back and watched the first two, and it's just, I cherish this franchise so much, and maybe even more now after doing this podcast, because I get to share it with you guys, and I get to deep dive into what makes these films so special to me and to millions of others who love this franchise over the last 20 years or so. And I'm really excited to rewatch Fallout for next week's episode as well as seeing Dead Reckoning in theaters, which will come out next year, part one, and then part two will be the following year. This is one of my favorite franchises of all time, as I keep saying. And I'm really glad that I got the opportunity to make it a season for the show. It's it's so special to me, and and I get to share it with all of you guys. It's, it's so good. But, of course, to end the episode, let's see how I ranked Rogue Nation against the rest of the franchise. But, spoiler alert, Probably going to be my number one, as you can probably tell by the episode. So as a refresher, here's the rankings of the Mission Impossible universe. Number one, of course, Rogue Nation. Number two is Fallout. Sitting at number three is Mission Impossible 3. Number four, Ghost Protocol. Number five, Mission Impossible. And then at the bottom, at number six, Mission Impossible 2. Rogue Nation remains at the top of the list for me. I absolutely love this film, and I've always had so much fun watching it. The stunts are insane. The villain is incredibly performed by Sean Harris. The story is really engaging, and Ethan's relationship with Ilsa is just the best. I think it's even better than his relationship with Julia, if I'm going to be honest. Rebecca Ferguson is just so freaking good in this. This is the first film I think I saw her in, and I've been all in on her ever since. The question I have, though, is will Fallout finally dethrone Rogue Nation on next week's episode? I've watched them both an equal amount of times, and Rogue Nation has always kept the top spot by a tiny margin. And I'm really curious to see if this will be the time that Fallout takes that number one spot for my 
favorite Rogue Nation. But until then, you can find this list and many, many more on both IMDb and the other box. Just search for Cinemac Reviews. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode. Your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to tune in next week for the finale of the Mission Impossible season with Mission Impossible Fallout. Also, join me every week for new release Mondays. This coming Monday, I'll be giving my reaction to Jordan Peele's newest film, Nope. This episode will self-destruct in five seconds.